This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. I'll give you a choice. I could put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. You maniacs! What is a man? When we are successful, we will be. We had a real chance with this. The ancient Chinese were a very clever race. They were most expert in the devising of simple and yet effective methods of torture. One of their most famous is the water method. Whenever they had a prisoner with information who would not speak, they would tie him prone on a table and gently drip single droplets of water upon his forehead until he spoke. It never failed. What am I saying? I'm not even Chinese. Drip, drop, drape. It's episode 85 of Behind the Schemes uh, for February 21st, 2022. And I am Booberry, Black Nine of the Mothman. And all the way from way the hell over here on the bereft coast where uh, I haven't heard the sound of water for a very long time. So thank you. Uh, my name is Lavish. How was that refreshing splash on your face? Oh, it was great. It was, it was, um, you know, as I've said, it's, it's really rare when you get to see any liquid around here. It's, uh, we've been in a drought for about, oh, a thousand years. And, um, you know, we used to have lakes and it used to rain and it used to do all that stuff. But, you know, now you got to go all the way to Chicago to see any of that. (laughs) 
I go to Chicago where the rains fall so hard. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, do, you, do you like the fact that we are less racist than um, Disney? How does that make you feel? We're less racist. Less racist than, than Disney? Yeah. That was a uh, it's not hard to do, you know. But okay, I'm, I'm with you. It's it, that opening clip is from the sounds of the haunted house or haunted mansion, I should say, an old uh, Disney vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucked so up. So they made that that racist slur. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. What am I saying? I'm not even Chinese. Uh, okay, so first of all, the proper nomenclature is Asian American. Okay, dude. <laughs> uh, second of all, yeah, Disney has always been racist, and they're anti-Semites too. Oh wow, that's right. I said it. Oh shit, we're starting strong tonight. We're going in very, very strong. <laughs> we got a uh, pretty strong card to start tonight's uh, tonight's episode off with. A tarot card from the. Line Strider deck. It's the uh, deck that we use most times. Mm-hmm. And tonight's card was the Emperor. The Emperor. One of the most uh, one of the most powerful cards in the deck, if you will. Yeah, it's a very uh, apropos uh, card for today being uh, President's Day, George Washington's birthday. That's right. You are joining us for our Behind the Schemes President's Day extravaganza. That's right. And tonight's card is very appropriately the Emperor, who is in many ways, of course, the image of the Empress. Uh, but uh, the Emperor has a very uh, sort of a, like a. It's about workplace, the home, the relationship. It's about rules. It's about building in a very pragmatic way and in a very regimented way creating order and also sort of like filling your empire, uh, you know, um, creating a, a sort of fatherly energy and, and, uh, filling your life. I mean, your empire being a metaphor for your life, filling your life with the things, with the desires and the pleasures and the ambitions that you yourself wish to see, you know, and, uh, th- that's the, th- that's how I interpret the sort of energy of this card. I.e. the patriarchy. Re re re. Yes, right. Uh, I guess some right. keywords from tarox.net: leadership, power, reason, structure, rules, masculine strength, maturity, and stubbornness. Mm-hmm. The Emperor Line Strider is the source of the masculine factor, the masculine part of the Empress, Empress's femininity. He is a patriarch and represents power and strength. He is the father figure of the deck, the provider, and the protector. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, in certain uh, regards, it can mean different things. In finances, it can mean being disciplined about your money. Or in your career, it can, it can mean discipline and, and creating opportunities for yourself or having a routine developed or some sort of uh, accomplishment uh, in, your, in your work world. Or in love, it can be, you know, a traditional relationship, or it can be some sort of reflection of that. There, there are various meanings in that. Yeah. It's a very, very uh, lovely card. If you ever get it in your draw, you know, it's, it's big energy coming in. <laughs> yes, like DeLorean says, that big dick energy. 
Yes, that's correct. This is correct. And uh, while other cards like the Empress or the High Priestess urge you to look into the subconscious to see the answer, the Emperor, like the King of Cuffs, lets reason dominate the heart. If you're dealing with complicated choices or situations, now's the time to resort to practical experiences, knowledge, and well-documented material. Mm-hmm. Documenting. Organization. Routine. These are the the hallmarks of the Emperor. <laughs> the finer things in life. Yeah. The great stuff. The stuff you gotta do. The, the way that you actually get stuff done. Uh, elbow grease, as they used to call it. Yeah. No doubt. Um, That's true. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with that one. If you'd like to see that card from tonight's tarot draw, it's posted at the very top of our show notes at zosascorner.substack.com. That is Z-O-S-O-S corner.substack.com. Another place that you can find that posting is inside of our green room on the Zero Node uh, IRC network. Mm-hmm. That's right. You can find us at irc.zeronode.net. Uh, it can be easier to find if you simply go to our website, behindtheschemes.com, and you can go find us. Uh, you can find the Kiwi link there, and that would be a good starting place if you want to um, associate yourself with IRC and with these kinds of chat rooms that can be a little intimidating to get part of. It can be a little difficult to to get over a certain curve, but there's a lot of resources out there and people to help. And So if you're interested in that, it's a really good time. You can join us at hashtag green room. It's uh, very much worth it. Yeah, super worth it. Uh, Phone Boy wrote up a really great little uh, dossier on how to do it all. And I think that that can be found pretty easily. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh... How to register a Nick in the chat, how to get voiced in the no agenda troll room, all of that. Let's see if I can find that link. Phoneboy.com slash troll room. Forward uh-huh. slash troll room. That'll take you straight there. Very simple. Phoneboy.com slash troll room. Very cool. Noise. Another emperor. And we, we wish him very well, Mr. Phoneboy. Sir Phoneboy. Yeah, that shit's uh, not easy. It's not any easy on anyone. It's yeah. a hell, hell of a time. But I have utmost confidence in him. And uh, I also hope to meet him uh, in person someday soon. Hopefully within the next year. Mm, no doubt. Big old West Coast uh, meetup. Yeah, I mean, if there would be some big Washington meetup that uh, all the Washington crew would show up, you know, Bemrose and all that, then, uh, you know, I could go up for that. I'd be okay with doing that. Do uh, do we want to discuss the uh, Nashville meetup now or save it until after uh, a couple of voicemails? Uh, we can talk about it. I will, actually, I'd love to hear one voicemail. All righty. Well, you know what that means. Uh, this is a value for value production, meaning we don't have to play any advertisements because we are 100% producer produced. <laughs> Freak of hazard produced. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we don't have listeners. We don't have any of that. We have producers. If you if you listen to the show, you're a producer. And if you contribute to the show in any way, well, that makes you an extra special producer that we call a freak of hazard and we mention you uh, on the show, which we will do after the intermission. Uh, but we, we love to thank everybody who contributes, and not just financially, but with ISOs, with um, clips, and with ideas, and pictures, and all kinds of stuff you can find. Oh, by the way, in the show notes, 
which are beautiful. Oh, thank you. Oh yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, it's been a while trying to get them, trying to get them all gussied up, making them look pretty, you know? Me too. I think I found a good little, like, uh, uh, pre-format and I can just send it to you and it all clicks in like a, like a Lego, you know? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, sorry. Our, our, uh, notes look extra good tonight because we have, uh, DeLorean who we met at the Nashville meetup. Uh, we gave her a shirt and she was happy to happy enough to take some pictures of her in that shirt. And those are included in the notes as well. So, uh, even more incentive for you to go check them out. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of good information over there. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, if you want to help produce this show, you can just go on over to badradio.live or loveislit.com. Both of those will take you to us. Boost me, baby. (laughs) Boost me, bitch. Boost me. Oh, yes, boost me. Hey, baby, your daddy let you boost? Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore. And uh, end of story. And that number is 612 999. Mm-hmm. 612-263-SEXY. You can give us a call. We are not a porn site. It's just a phone number. It's a simple phone number, toll-free. You can call, and you can leave us a scream mail, and uh, we will play it on the air. And you will be projected, your voice, throughout the world, throughout the fabric of the cosmos itself. So, you know, just go for it. 612 612- Two six three seven nine nine nine. Damn. Wow. That was fantastic. That was really awesome. That was a uh, that was like a legit fucking punk uh, sort of scream. That was a ten out of ten fucking scream caller. Really yeah. appreciate your really appreciate your courage there, man. Hell yeah, dude! Holy shit! <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. That one's going in the uh, in the archives for sure. And they left us a slew. We got one, two, three, four, five, six. We should probably do another one now. Six of them? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I like that number, too. Yeah. Uh, here's number two. So I, I found out that these screen mails are costing me, I think it's 65 cents. Uh, if I keep it under a minute. It's under a minute. It's I think it's 65 cents or a dollar or like... Maybe it's like sixty-five cents American, which is like a dollar. Good idea. A dollar is terrible. Um, it's 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 a tragedy. Uh, but uh, I had like oh, it's, I had all planned out. There was something. It's 
just, it's just. Ah! It makes me so angry, you know. Just uh, ah! right? Like, uh, God, I don't know. I just, I just hope this is under a minute. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm creeping up. I'm creeping up on a minute. Uh, I gotta. I just gotta let it out. Oh <laughs> what are we gonna do? <laughs> we'll figure it out, though, right? You know, we'll figure it out. We'll be okay. Right. Caller, just stick your head between your legs, and everything will be okay. Uh, I don't mean to panic the caller, but I think that was over a minute. And I'm curious to know, what does the rate increase to if you go over a minute? It goes from 65 American dollar cents to what? What does it go to? What is the... And by the way, that's that's like hundreds of Canadian dollars, by the way. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Literally hundreds. Um... Thank you, caller. Thank you for your courage, caller. Yes, uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, if you continue screaming, I hope you get some water. Because I found that screaming is much easier with water. <laughs> uh, I do have a or quick. Beer. I do have a quick program note for tonight. I couldn't get it working in time, but the node kind of shut the bed earlier this past week. Oh, so. No. We got no boostagram sounds for tonight, unfortunately. Uh, it's a sad day. No boosts because the pie is cooled. Yeah. But uh, uh. Servo and I have been chipping away at it. Uh, there was some errors on my end. Like, I didn't download the entirety of the blockchain. I only got, like, the first two gigabytes or something stupid the first time around. And uh ended up having to... I pretty much had to go back and restart every step at least once. But, um, you know, we're plucking away. It's actually uploading the, uh, the full blockchain to the RAS people. It's as we speak. So it'll definitely be up and cooking for next week. Hmm. Hope so. Yeah. Sorry about that, everybody. But, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can get it, uh, get it working here ASAP. We'll fucking, we'll burn some sage and we'll, get some shit together and figure it out. Yeah. Do you want to pick the rule or the conditions for tonight's dice roll? Uh, before we do the dice roll, do you have anything to say about Nashville? I had a hell of a time. It was super fun. It was everything I wanted it to be. Thank you to the keeper for helping me get out there because if it wasn't for her points, then I would have been, uh, hanging out in Nashville on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Big job. Bless to the keeper. Thank you so much. She was the VIP. And uh, just everybody else that came and participated, and especially the folks that hung out with us for that Monday night show, um, I had an amazing time, and I was ears to ears smiling when I was going back and re-listening to that episode. It was awesome. It was a super good time. We met up with a bunch of people, Sir Spencer, Lorian, Net Ned, Midas, uh, Sir Seat Sitter, a ton of people, and then a ton of people who uh, 
who I've seen on No Agenda Social, Josh P. Uh, a couple of Josh's actually in the house. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> J-Pop, Purple Peck. Uh, a lot of people made it out to the meetup. And, but I got to say, Booberry, you performed magnificently. You were the MVP. Uh, this guy was hauling around gear. We set up at the the, the the skating rink in a total like gorilla <laughs> setup that actually ended up working really well, much better than anybody could have asked for. <laughs> Especially me. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, just fucking like I just knew. Luckily, we had actually the right kind of microphones. Like we didn't have too many large cordioid picker uppers that would just destroy everything everything was was dynamic anyway that's technical shit we don't have to talk about that but it was fun and then and then we packed up and then we went over to the house and then we did it all over again and then not only did we do that but then we were drinking and stuff like that so it was just even it was it was a big party it was a blast it was like a party and it was uh i don't know i feel like really good I, i don't know about you but like ever since i've come back from that i've just I don't know. I felt like great about just like what, what, whatever is going on here. <laughs> <laughs> what, whatever this is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, and I think, uh, I think good things are to come from, from people that are here and that we know. And then even from people we haven't met, I think that there's just a cool road ahead. Maybe I'm being sappy. Don't mean to be sappy. Not my intention. Yeah, the only part where I fucked up is I was trying to make a redirect out of the loveislit.com. Um I was trying to point it directly to the uh to the actual meetup full report, but unfortunately that love is lit link has always been on the fritz. We've never had it really. I mean, we have it worked from time to time and it was working a minute ago, but yeah, it always has been troublesome. Troublesome link. Nothing but trouble. A link to the to the pain in the ass. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep, yep. Yeah, so. all right. we'll fi- we'll figure it out. But if you want to go, like like you said, we've published both the episodes on our website. You can find the the skating rink meetup recording, and then you can find the episode that we did later that night, episode eighty four, Fruit Earth, I believe is what it was called. Correct. Yep, and uh, both of those are posted up in the uh, past broadcast link. That's right. On our uh, on our website. Drop that into the chats. Um, <sighs> hot, hot. Everybody was uh, was even better looking in person. There's some gorgeous fucking podcasters out there. I had yeah. That was that was awesome. Everybody was like, "You made the face for radio joke," and it was true. Nobody had a face for radio there. Yeah. Um. You want to roll some die? Hell yeah! So, what are the rules here? I'll let you pick tonight if you uh, if you would like. All right, let's go with the eight side. Eight sided, eight sided, eight sided. All right. All right, and we'll roll for uh, evens. We'll see if we both get evens on an eight side. Mmm, sounds good.
three, so I didn't, Holy shit. I didn't get it. <laughs> What'd you roll? I, too, rolled a three. Oh, my goodness. 33. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> I... I don't want to do that math right now. Let's, whoa, let's, whoa, 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 science. A science. It blinded me with science. All right, <laughs> let's roll one more time. All right. Well, okay, I, I, got, I got a seven. I got a four. All right, you're in. All right. You're in, brother. Uh, One of the first things, just a, <laughs> just a quick note. Um... Has, if, if if you've listened to the show before, I'm, I'm sure I've brought it up before, but Our Big Dumb Mouth, it's one of uh, my favorite shows that I listen to every week. Um, Sorcerer Seat Sitter turned me on to it, and I am proud to announce that uh, not only did I get one new nickname, but I got two new nicknames, thanks to a spelling error by Midnight Mike. But uh, he will, if you ask, uh, give out... G.I. Joe code names, and I finally asked for mine, and I am now known as Dial Tone. Dial Tone. Which is pretty exciting, I think. A G.I. name, like a, like a soldier name, like it's your, it's your squad name, Dial Tone. Yeah, there's a there's an action figure of Dial Tone out there. Mm. He's got this big radio on his back and a, a black beret. Get that radio up, Dial Tone. Crawling that hole, Dowtone. <laughs> he, uh, so yeah, that's exciting. Um, also, Dave Jones was on Bowl After Bowl yesterday, uh, after No yes. Agenda. Yes, yes, yes. I, I have to go back and listen to that, unfortunately. I had a very busy day yesterday, but, uh, man, I heard that that was a blast. Adam was talking about it on No Agenda Sush, and, uh, Everybody was uh was was ranting and raving about it. Apparently, it was a very good time. The um, yeah, it was uh, it was the first one of the first. I, I know that there was a conversation on whether or not uh, Rare Encounter has been using it yet. The live item tag, but uh, they Spencer and Lorian worked with Stephen B of CurioCaster and got it set up so that CurioCaster would play the live stream and also you could chat inside of the app at the same time. And they were they having some issues getting some boost to go through because uh Adam ended up showing up later but uh inside of the CurioCaster chat but he wasn't able to get the boost to show up. Mm. But um <laughs> I guess I caught Dave Jones on a on a good day because I essentially was saying that one of the things I want to try is setting up the Freedom Controller, which is what Adam Curry uses to, uh, I guess, keep track of all his, all of his show notes. And I think there's like a paywall buster built in and uh, some other cool stuff. But um, Dave actually offered up to set us up with an account that we can uh, utilize. Hmm. So that's uh, that gets my nerdy little brain excited. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure exactly what all we we will be able to do with it or how we can integrate it, but um, that's not going to stop me. (laughs) I'm sure you'll find something to do with it. No doubt. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. For everything I've heard of that guy, and and 
I'm a little slow when it comes to all the uh, the podcasting 2.0 stuff, just because it's it's always moving forward, and I don't I don't have the attention span really to keep track of it. But every time I talk, I listen to him talk. I should say he's uh, always putting forth some very interesting stuff, interesting ideas, and I'm always uh, ready to learn more about it. You know, it's always growing. And yeah, there's so many people working on it. You and Sir Spencer and everybody. Oh man, I'm just I'm like the uh I'm like a tin can tied to a string on the back of a scissor mobile tied to the back bumper. <laughs> I'm just getting <laughs> dragged around on the street, but uh yeah, the string yeah. is keeping strong. Yeah. What's that? Uh so that was uh that was two quick happenings going in and around. Uh, this past week, I suppose. Now, you would like a real story, wouldn't you? Oh, I suppose. Uh, my first story is... What was my first story? Sorry, I'm pulling that page back up. Uh, ah, I got something about the Olympics. Believe oh. it or not. Oh, no. I know. Get excited. What's going on over there in Beijing? Alexandra Trusova of Russia, she ended up taking away silver medal during the free program of ice skating. And uh, she pissed. People who get the silver get pissed. Oh, she was in tears. She was oh, one of the God. folks that they zoomed in on real close and personal while she was having her uh her little meltdown, which you know is it's understandable. Not only is that a super intensive physical sport. But that's all you're doing for years at a time, and like everything's riding on this moment. There's so much pressure from the fucking Olympics, and you fucking just came so close in your whole life, da da da. And then you get right there, and then you fucking get silver. Just how pissed! Oh my god, sad day. But especially uh, in a sport like that, where you know you really can't like do it. Get as you get older, it gets much tougher. (laughs) <laughs> to do that sport. You're less bouncy. <laughs> yes. Uh, but she ended up skating to a cover of Iggy Pop's I Wanna Be Your Dog. Ooh, I wanna <laughs> be your dog. Classic. You know, and despite landing silver for a stellar performance, she missed out on gold after her performances earlier in the week, and she's not happy. She finished the day by announcing that she was done with skating. I hate skating. I hate it. I hate this sport. I will never skate again. Never. Good for her. That's how I'd feel if I were her, too. Fuck this sport. I'm out. (laughs) Deuces. I'm going to go eat a cheeseburger. Fuck all this. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. You're pretty cool. (laughs) You're cool. (laughs) No deal. But uh, it turns out, at first I was like, holy shit, she's skating to Iggy Pop, but it turns out it's a cover from uh by John McCrea. Uh, was nah. featured in the most recent Cruella film. Oh, so it has like a full production. Uh cuz let's be real. Those Iggy Pop recordings, those are those old ones, they they're, suck. They're a little crunchy. <laughs> yeah. Like they were recorded with fucking tin cans, man, and produced by an idiot on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Named David Bowie. <laughs> oh, NetNed's bringing up my favorite athlete who I actually knew about before the Olympics. 
a, ski, a speed skater, uh, what's Jetta Leerdam. And she's a Nor- she's from one of those Nordic places. I don't know if she's from Sweden or whatever, but uh god damn. That's anyway. <laughs> she's really talented. Really talented speed speed skater. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Um Ned Ned has good taste. In cigars and in women. The two best things. Oh gosh, I gotta stop. I'm I'm stopping now. Yeah, I've you know I've got an <sighs> I've got a clip here. I don't think we'll get into it. It's from Aussie Man, a comedian from Australia. He's given a breakdown of her skating routine, but it's linked in the show notes if you want to check out the full video. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, you know, it sucks. I, you know, I wish everybody. I wish everybody could take away the top spot. <laughs> yeah, we, you know they're all winners. <laughs> They're all winners in our book. All of them are gold. Hey, they fucking compared to us podcasters. You know what I mean? They could uh, run laps around us. That's for sure. The the, the Olympic Village is is a legendary place. I've um, heard stories. It's <laughs> a magical, wonderful place. It's like Narnia. It's like Burning Man. You go there, and the rules are different. Hmm. Uh yeah, that was uh that's all I got on Le- Olympics. Fuck the Olympics. Fuck the Olympics. Fuck the Olympics. Fuck them. Fuck them. Are you uh are you hungry by chance? Would you uh, uh <laughs> I'm thirsty. I'm going to have some beer. Would uh would you be cool if maybe I ordered a couple of pizzas to the green room? Ooh, yeah. Could you get me some uh, a pizza and a hot dog with some walnut sauce mm. and a map that's pizza related? Yes, yes. A little like a maybe a handkerchief. Yeah, if you could give me a handkerchief, a map related handkerchief pizza, walnut sauce pizza, hot dog, that'd be cool. Sounds good. And uh, while we wait, maybe we can work on some homework. Enfield parents are outraged after some middle school students received what they say was a very inappropriate class assignment. The assignment was called Pizza and Consent, and it actually asked students to list their favorite pizza toppings as a sexual act. What's some of your favorite pizza toppings? Well, uh, as you know, I like pineapple mm-hmm, on my mm-hmm. pizza. The, the superior topping, yes. The superior topping. Anchovies. Uh, no, this is uh, this is this is such a this is such a surreal, bizarre aspect of I don't know the the idea that there is a code. What it? Let's say theoretically you know, a suspension of disbelief that all of these things, you know, these Epstein things and the sex stuff and all that, it's all true. And there's like stuff that happens. If they're going to talk, they have to talk in code. They'd have to. Right. You can't just go around. That's the idea. Like if, if they did exist in a, in a crazy movie where, you know, for people who don't want (laughs) to 
accept that this is like could happen. Let's just think of a movie where, you know, this is how, anyway, have I made my point? I think I have. Please continue. Uh, it, it, it makes me wish that I could go back to school. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a real who's who of child rapists. I got a, uh, I got another clip out of that same report that details a little bit of uh, backstory on the assignments. Uh, it, it highlights some of the parents' outrage. And then the following two clips after that, they're going to be directly from a parent. But uh, this is part two of that newscast. Well, parents aren't happy, that's for sure, Mark. So previously, the school district told us the assignment was given to students by mistake. As for those parents, they want to know much more. Some Enfield parents say they themselves after an assignment was given to some eighth graders at John F. Kennedy Middle School last month. If it's a mistake, how do we stop this mistake from taking place again? The assignment is called Pizza and Consent. On the first page of the assignment, it reads, you can use pizza as a metaphor for sex. It's asking students to list their favorite pizza toppings. Each topping is a sex act. For example, cheese would equal kissing. Appalled, sick, you know, um... Disgusted. From outrage to just very concerned to having a lot of questions, the board has answered no questions. Ryan Moore is a parent who now homeschools his three kids. He attends <laughs> Enfield Board of Education <laughs> meetings. He was there last no week way. when this Enfield mother showed up with three pizzas in hand to give to board members. This pizza lesson happened and parents are rightfully upset. At first, parents were told the students received the assignment on their computers, but parents say the students actually received handouts in class. A Board of Education member apologized to parents at a February 8th meeting, saying he misspoke about how the students received the assignment. I knew nothing of what I spoke of when we had our virtual meeting until after the fact. Shame on me for not having that awareness we still don't know which she grade level the assignment was meant for. How this happened, who approved it, they just, it's a mistake and move on is all they've said. You know, and kind of wash their hands of it. And uh, it's very, very frustrating to parents. And we reached out to the superintendent today, but we haven't heard back yet. Talk about not reading the, the past five years in the room. Holy shit. You know, the sad thing is that this just proves that the conspiracy world is mainstream and that people actually care about this. But this is this, this is pretty wild. Like, I, I think people have taken this pizza thing and really ran with it. Yeah. It's it's so in the public consciousness now. Uh, and Sir Spencer's right. Pizza is stored in the balls along with P. Um, P and Z are both. That's, yes. I want to give a little background on this pizza thing, just for anybody who isn't familiar with this thing. The Podesta emails. Back in the 2016 U.S. presidential election, uh, <clears throat> there were some leaked emails, WikiLeaks, uh, under Andrew Assange. Julian Assange, not Andrew Assange. Julian Assange, excuse me. Leaked some emails uh, from the Obama administration. And there was a bunch of code in a couple of these emails, and I've posted pictures in the show notes, and I can post them in the chat if need be, of um, of some of these, just little uh, excerpts of, of these emails. And they're just very strangely worded uh, emails that kind of 
people picked up and, and started questioning. Yeah, uh, like uh, entertainment in the hot tubs will be provided for, and they list out a bunch of kids and their ages. And uh, Yeah, um, you know, this hot dog will be six, this hot dog will be this, or whatever. Flying um, in $60,000 worth of hot dogs from Chicago to D.C. I have that exact uh, excerpt right here. I thought I did. Oh, maybe I picked the I put the wrong one on the feed, but that's okay. It's there though. Sixty five thousand dollars worth of pizza and hot dogs flown in from Chicago. Should we use the same channels? Is what they say. Uh, and then there's this other email from uh, I don't know this guy Tony Stern in the State Department to John Podesta. Uh, the next three months will be rough in Beijing. Hope you're doing okay. I'm dreaming about your hot dog stand in Hawaii. <laughs> the subject is, man, I miss you. <laughs> so just a lot of weird emails that just were funky as hell. And then the handkerchief one, the handkerchief one is, is the weirdest one. And we'll find that one in a bit. But uh, the doublespeak words, for anyone who doesn't know or realize, it's it has to do with sex trafficking. Um, this is according to the, this, you know, whatever lore or whatever you want to call it. I think lore is a perfect word. I think lore is the right word, right? Um, so a hot dog generally means like a, a boy, a pizza means a girl, cheese means a little girl, pasta means a little boy, walnut, they still talk about walnut sauce. Um, walnut can mean, a, you know, a black person or a brown person. Um, sauce means orgy map means come. I mean, there's just all kinds of like <laughs> interpretations of what these words mean. And, uh, and there's a lot of really gnarly schizo sites, which I believe are in the show notes that we've listed that we'll talk about it. And, and this was full depth on it. This was 2015 when all of this 2015. Yeah. yeah. So this is leading up to the election, I should say. And I mean, what a way to like book in, uh, four years of happenings because i feel like everything that uh, has transpired over the past couple years was birthed out of these fucking these uh this email leak the email leak and and yeah and then the the other thing with pizzagate was the elephantis the james elephantis comment ping pong uh instagram page mm, yes which had a bunch of really creepy shit on it yeah and it's always his, uh it's always his, nice to his, go back and rewatch all those mouthy buddha documentaries that he made about that uh, ig page <laughs> i mean thank god that somebody actually documented it i i was there like when that fucking thing was leaked before even before he, he like back when his instagram page was still public and you could go there and look at the pictures like that first day that it really became massive news and everybody went there and checked out the weird pictures checked out all the weird connections his, his profile picture is like the one of the Greek gods of boy loving <laughs> Adonis or whatever, you know, like it's crazy how, how, like how much creepy shit was there. And then he had all these ties to Podesta and to Obama and he threw a ton of Obama fundraisers there and they got all these pictures of him there and enlisted in time magazines, uh, most influential people in DC. Yeah. Comet ping pong. What a, what a strange fucking deal. That was where everything just went off the rails. And they could really ridicule the whole situation. Yeah. A little pizza, a pizza joint. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it's President's Day, so this is what we're getting into. Please continue. Uh, my next clip here uh, starts off with a parent who is uh, naturally irate about this whole thing. And uh, she'll detail some of the other lewd acts that, uh, that are referenced inside of this assignment. I would like to talk about education. I'm here to talk about how our kids are doing, how our staff is doing, and what we are doing to educate our children. These are direct quotes from the last Board of Education meeting. So, at the request of our superintendent and members of the board, I think we should talk about the academics tonight. Just last week, a school assignment in JFK labeled Pizza and Consent was sent out for students. What's pizza got to do with it, you wonder? We can use pizza as a metaphor for sex. Those are the first two lines of this assignment, which is centered around establishing consent and boundaries, except for page two, where it takes it one step further and states, now that you know the metaphor for sex, let's explore your preference. Draw and color your favorite type of pizza. Mirror these preferences in relation to sex. Here are some examples. Likes, cheese equals kissing. Dislikes, olives equals giving oral. Since when has it become acceptable for a teacher to ask a student what their sexual wants, desires, and boundaries are? Maybe our board members would like to answer this assignment and share their thoughts, just like our eighth grade students were requested to do. No? Do you object and find it incredibly uncomfortable? <laughs> Anchovies and anal, anybody? <laughs> oh, goodness. Olives equals giving oral. <laughs> Cheese equals kissing. Cheese is what equals kissing. <laughs> oh, these stupid motherfuckers, man. <laughs> A large Caligula. Good one, Blue Douche. That's it. That's it. Uh, Holy shit. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, this next clip, I mean, it's just, it's a parent asking more of the same questions, but in a nutshell, it's like, um, a, would it be appropriate if we asked you <laughs> to, to sign on the paper, what your, uh, your sexual preferences are, and then you can associate them with a pizza topping. And then, um, the second question was, well, you know, what if this teacher cornered a student in the hallway and started asking them these questions? <laughs> hey, kid. And the teacher's just like, I didn't know. Sorry. I realize. Oh, man. Uh, here's some select quotes from the document. We can use pizza as a metaphor for sex. When you order pizza with your friends, everyone checks in about each other's preferences, right? Right. Okay, sorry. I the uh I just accidentally copied something into the audition recording. Great. Uh we can use pizza as a metaphor for sex. When you order pizza with your friends, everyone checks in about each other's uh preferences, right? Some people may be vegan, some might be gluten-free. Uh so others might love pineapple while others prefer pepperoni. Some might not like pizza at all. If you're a vegetarian, but your friends a meat lover, sharing a pizza is going to bring up a lot of issues. You don't know who you can share a pizza with unless you ask. This is all so disturbing. It just ruins pizza. You know? It's like pizza is one of the most beautiful things ever conceived by mankind. Pizza is up there with the Sistine Chapel and the tombs of Medici. Okay? Pizza is, is genius. And they're fucking ruining it. For all of us. Because they're assholes. Fucking assholes, dude. These people are not just evil. Okay? They're truly evil. 
They're so evil. It's not enough just to ruin your life and to and to and to kidnap foster kids and to do all kinds of weird shit. They're gonna fucking ruin pizza for you. Okay? Evil. Mm-mm. Ugh. Uh, start a conversation. It's the only way sex and in parentheses and pizza can be comfortable and enjoyable for everyone. Now that you know this metaphor for sex, let's explore your preferences. Draw and color your favorite type of pizza. <laughs> What's your favorite style of pizza? What's your favorite toppings? What are your pizza no nos? Now mirror these preferences in relation to sex. <laughs> Please, no finger in my crust. <laughs> Nah, man, I am stuffed crust all of the way, all of the way, seven ways till Sunday. Oh, my God. I want it steaming. Take that to the bank. Burn your tongue on my stuffed crust. <laughs> Flat? Flat? Mm. No, no, no. Thick. Yeah. What thick crust. Oh, you a deep dish, honey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a Chicago type, huh? Oh, you're a dirty little Chicago type deep dish. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, you like the fucking olives? <laughs> this guy goes to Nashville for one day. One day. Look how riled up he gets. I'm all I'm too turnt. I'm too turnt for this uh for this episode. This guy's turned up, man. It was all that uh, all that cookout we didn't eat. Oh, they do give you the option to uh, draw out another food favorite or include non-sexual activities uh, if you don't like pizza or sex at all. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine being that one person who doesn't like uh, pizza? Could you- oh, no, thanks. I don't like pizza. <laughs> <laughs> What are you? Asexual? Like, oh, you might need to uh, leave. Uh, and if you didn't hear, this took place in Enfield, Connecticut. Uh, it's a couple days old. This story is, and it was actually sent to me by Spaz, so I appreciate you sending me this uh, crazy, crazy piece of shit. <laughs> Thanks, Spazmatic. Um, I have a... Papa Berry. One last quote from the district's health and physical education coordinator, Bree Corton. Uh, she offered an explanation and apology in an email. The incorrect version, as opposed to the revised version of this assignment, was mistakenly posted on our grade 8 curriculum page and was inadvertently used for instruction to grade 8 health classes. I caught the error after our curriculum revision in June, but failed to post the intended version. I own that. And apologize for the error. The correct version of this assignment is for the students to work in small groups to craft a pizza with topping. Yeah, group pizza. Fuck yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> no behaviors associated with said toppings. That would make everyone happy slash comfortable using nonverbal communication only. Students are then asked to reflect and discuss how thoughts or feelings can be confused or misconstrued. If we rely on nonverbal cues and communication alone, oh my God, the parallel to being uh, to be taught here is that when discussing pizza toppings, it is important that your preferences are clearly communicated to avoid any misunderstanding. <laughs> Look, I told you, I told you, pineapple. I told you, 
pineapple when I became in this relationship. <laughs> Look at I me. I told you I wanted pineapple. You listen to me. I want that pineapple. I will personally come to your home and beat your ass. For that pineapple. <laughs> I just want to slap her in the face. <laughs> Yeah, you're the old slaparuski. That's that's uh uh you know I don't know linguisa. You like linguisa? You like to be you know slapped around a little bit. <laughs> oh my god, that's um that's uh that's all I had for uh for pizza fillings tonight. I think they've uh, they've ended up pulling this assignment, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I'll say they pulled it all right. Uh, yeah. The eighth graders will have to go about other means of learning about <laughs> sex, I suppose. Sorry, guys, you're not going to learn about sex until college, I guess. Wait, Good this, luck. Does this mean I have to like fuck the pizza? Is that what you? Is that what's going on here? Putting your dick in the pie is very '90s. Okay, we we don't want to do this again. We did this before. Well, hold on. It's not just people. It's not just dudes putting dicks into pies it's not just women putting dicks into pies it's all people interacting with sex in a in a in a gratifying and physical way why are these kids even they're in eighth grade they shouldn't be learning about sex they should be learning about fucking triangles what the fuck's what is this (laughs) (laughs) this cannot be just humans concocting this evil scheme this is fucking evil. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got about the pizza news. Thanks for sticking out on that one. Um, uh, thank you. For, that's somehow a very, it's very disturbing. It's even more disturbing than an actually disturbing article, if you know what I mean. If mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying. Yes. And uh, my last story is not quite as disturbing. You're coming to my castle. Uh, so a friend of the show's, he was a former guest back on episode. Hold on, I can find it. Don't fuck with history, episode 25. I've brought him up a couple of times. This is uh, Sergeant Patrick O'Kelly from uh, Special Forces, uh, Airborne, and Ranger. Uh, he's released a YouTube video detailing the four ways that he's gotten banned. Four different, uh, four different ways he got four different thirty-day bans on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that it's kind of like ah, Facebook. Holy shit! I can't believe that they're censoring people. Facebook police, really? I know, really. I, I'm here. Uh-huh. I'm fucking up feedback. I mean, um, frog brag. The, uh, the, 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 I thought the, the reasons why he was given for his bands were pretty funny. And, um, this is part one of this, uh, five clip series called, uh, the Patrick O'Kelly feedback bands. Number one, the musket. How did I get four 30 day bands in less than a year on Facebook? The first band, band number one. All right, what this was is I posted a photo of a flintlock musket that was in a museum. It is not, I don't own it. And I posted the photo, and I was trying to find out more information about it. And when I posted it, Facebook added 
contact seller to the post. I didn't do that. Facebook automatically did it, but I didn't know Facebook automatically did it. Well, first time I figured out Facebook automatically did it was when I, all of a sudden I get a 30-day ban. Why? Trying to sell weapons, a firearm, on Facebook. I wasn't trying to sell it. I didn't own it. I just wanted to know more information about it. So the first 30-day ban was Facebook adding something to one of my posts and then banning me for 30 days. That's a pretty cool little uh, percussion uh, flintlock shotgun that he's showing off in these photos. But yeah, it was uh, Mm. simply a (laughs) museum piece that he was sharing an image of. But lo and behold, Facebook says he's selling it. So then he's selling it. Gun. Oh, God, gun. Oh, Oh, gun. Oh, gun. Fucking. Anyways, uh, part two is <laughs> titled The Media Whore. The second 30 day ban. How did I get banned the second time on Facebook in one year's time frame? All right. The second 30 day ban was because I was commenting about a politician, Democrat politician, but still, I was commenting about a politician and I made the comment that they constantly wanted attention. And I said that that politician was a media whore. Now, evidently, I didn't know it, but if you use the word whore on Facebook, you get banned. What would be really awesome is if Facebook actually listed the words that we're not allowed to use or say so we won't be censored. But I said that this politician was a media whore. They said that, oh, I was, uh, uh, what was it? I was bullying the politician. Imagine that. Little old me bullying a politician. All right. So that's the first two. You want to take a guess on what number three might be? <laughs> Your mother was a media whore. Cure. Cure. She was a okay. dirty, Third dirty. That I got banned from Hoo-ah. Facebook for 30 days. And it was the third time within a uh, one year period. The third time was when. I had a little joke meme, and the the meme was one of those, you've seen it, it's the one that said something like, uh, describe what you do for a living, but in a funny way. So what I did was I said that I chase around 20-year-olds with a little mini tank until they run away. Now, Facebook banned me for 30 days. Why? Because they said I was bullying and I was inciting violence. However, I told them I basically have a mini tank and I chase around special forces guys for training. So I basically said exactly what I did. But because of that, I was banned 30 days because evidently I was bullying those poor old special forces guys and inciting violence when they were training to go to war. Silly me. And he actually does own a mini tank. It is a ferret, uh, four-wheel, all-terrain device of destruction. It's got a little mini gun up on top of it. It's uh, deemed a little Alice. It's the name of his ferret. <laughs> All right, but yes, there's That's pretty sick. Yeah, there, there there is videos of him on uh, on YouTube of him at Pineland in North Carolina, which is where they train in new special forces, like you say, uh, stated. Mm. Jesus. Um. So that's uh. There's there's actually some pretty funny uh, footage in there. It's worth a check out. The uh, the last reason, um, again, I, I think the probably number three is my favorite, but this last reason is uh, he talks about ring doorbells and uh, some people getting caught on a ring camera. The 
fourth time that I was banned from Facebook for 30 days after a in less than one year. All right, the fourth time was my daughter, my youngest daughter, had posted a video that a woman took of these two thugs roaming outside of her apartment building, and you can see them walking back and forth but from the little view. So she's filming it through the little people or whatever. And the guys are talking about how they're going to jump her and get her when she comes out. Well, the woman in the video called the cops, but she also made the video as evidence. Now, my daughter, my youngest daughter, posted this, and I simply told her, hey, you know what I would do? I would just fire through the door because uh, no jury ever convicts a woman for self-defense. So you would have no problem at all. Now, I was almost instantly banned because Facebook said that I was basically uh, racist and uh, bullying and promoting violence. Which, obviously, these two guys that are sitting outside the door saying they're going to jump and hurt this woman. That video wasn't banned, even though it was also promoting violence. They only promoted the fact that I offered a solution of putting holes into them so they would not bother anyone anymore. So, there you go. That's my four bans in less than one year on Facebook. Four 30-day bans. So, yeah, the four bans. Hmm... The four horsemen. <laughs> there was a. Uh, I do have a fifth. One. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought I did. Um, maybe I didn't save it. But essentially, he gets. Uh, Facebook finds uh, a uh, a picture that he had posted from over a year and a half ago, and it was talking about uh, Facebook doing like um, book burnings and stuff like that, just with the way they censor people and information. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. And Facebook tagged him not only once, but twice. So he ended up getting like two months back to back. And, uh, you know, it's just, um, I know, you know people are probably thinking, what's the point? But I mean, Pat's already retired. He, he does all the pilot stuff. He plays his, uh, flight simulators, World War II, uh, plane simulators and whatnot. And, nice. and fucks with, uh, his own personal Facebook fact checkers which he has identified as a uh, real people, not just some faceless bot. <clears throat> so he fucks mm-hmm. with them. <laughs> nah, I like this guy. Uh, although I really just can't stress enough that everybody just needs to get off of Facebook, get yes. off of Facebook, please just get off of that thing. Yeah. He's uh, I've talked to him about Mastodon and stuff like that before, but Essentially, he's he's not even really that invested. He just, you know, Facebook yeah. wanted to fuck with him, so he's gonna fuck with them back until they make his uh, make him go away. Mm. Unfortunately, it's very important for certain people, or it's just uh, unavoidable, and it is still the easiest and most universal thing. But it's just so goddamn evil. Just yeah, yeah, terrible. And they were wanting. You can go back and. Uh, we, we actually have a decently long conversation about it when he joined us, but, uh, Facebook was making him do stuff like verify his address from eight years ago. Yeah. And then, you know, get you to upload your driver's license or whatever. All this shit. It's just like, no, God, stop. No, nothing else asked me to do this. Only you guys just have the fucking balls, the tenacity. (laughs) Just ask me for all my goddamn documents and shit, you know? Fucking PayPal doesn't ask me for my birth certificate. 
You know what I mean? Yep. Fuck Facebook, man. Fuck Facebook, indeed. The mm. um, trying to think if I had anything else, but uh, I don't. I don't believe I do. Well, oh, other we, than, other than oh. Zuckerberg is the government's bitch. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> all, all the big tech is. God, I got to catch up on the latest Mo. It just dropped a couple days ago. Yeah, I know. Pound me too. <sighs> Fucking man, the last Mo was great, and then there's a good Lost Tapes out too that I can uh, tell is about great. Mo Facts, MoFacts dot com. Goddamn, love Mo. It's great. The gonna um, get him back on the show one of these days. No doubt, no doubt. And we got to join him for Converse. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That'll be a good time. Um, I can also guarantee a good time with this uh, continuation of the series from this previous caller. Mm. You know, I I just wanted to say that I really fucking like your show. I like I like behind the schemes. It makes me feel good to listen to it. And I didn't used to like how long your show was, but now. Now I like how long it is. Ayo. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I haven't, I haven't listened to the last, like maybe the last, well, I haven't listened to the last show, but I plan on doing so. And, uh, I just, um, I didn't like how long it was, but now, now I like how long your show is. It's, 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 it's long, but, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know it's worth it. It's 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 long and hard, and uh, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I appreciate mm-hmm. how long and how hard your show is. You know, because not a lot of shows are, are long and hard like that. Yeah, it's it feels good. It feels good. It feels real good that you're so What's going on? Is so the moon full or something? And hard. This is so phallic. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> More phallic than George Washington's Masonic apron. Well, yeah, I thought that was the Bill Clinton monument. The Bill Clinton monument. <laughs> <laughs> Swing for America. Oh yeah. God damn it. I can't wait until they have a big old marble statue of fucking Bill Clinton. <laughs> oh my god. They should make him with the saxophone. Yes, in the blue dress. Yeah, Sax yeah. blue dress. Get, pointing, getting toned from Monica Lewinsky. Uh what a life. What a life. Thank you, caller. Thank you for your courage, caller. We appreciate your courage and we are glad that you uh, listen to the sh- to the show, I guess, because it is it can be long sometimes. But you know what? We we got a lot of shit to talk about. There's a lot going on. You the uh, would you like to do another one? Another a uh, call? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. We'll do one more, and then we'll we'll save them. All right. The rest are there. Hey, lavish. Yeah. Uh, lavish these nuts. <laughs> yeah, this is right. That's great. Uh, Got him. And, and Booberry, uh, fucking bury, bury your fucking face in these nuts. 
Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I, I have been drinking. You know. I, uh, Got him. It's a Maryland Madison. And uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I just love you guys so much. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's coming out kind of weird. I'm like, <laughs> I just, uh, just want to. Color your radio. You love you so much. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, just tell me how to love you. How do I love you? Ah, oh, God. Why am I shouting? <laughs> Loud noises. I, I'm kind of getting the image that he's doing this in front of, like, his family of five, like his children and his wife. <laughs> Witness me. <laughs> oh, these nuts. Ah. Right in front of his kids. <laughs> well, when we come back uh, from intermission, we'll have one last voicemail from that caller. We'll see how the rest of his night ended up. It'd be funny if he's never actually listened to the show. <laughs> I just found our sticker. Carved into the bathroom wall. <laughs> <laughs> For a good time, call 612-263-7999. Mm-hmm. You made the tonight's intermission here. What uh what we got in store? Oh, just a little tunage. I hope everybody enjoys uh the intermission will be uh, you know 11, 11 and a half ish minutes. So if you want to go get a refreshment or anything like that or just enjoy the the tracks, we they're, they're coming in hot tonight. And I just want to give a shout out to the green room. Shout out to Bully Steed. Dark Lord RK, Blue Deuce 33, Sue Spencer. Turbo Ducky, Turbo. Turbo's in the house. Ned Ducky. Ned. Ducky. Lorian, of course, has been around. Servo, the great, the mighty Servo. And, uh, and anybody else who's out there listening, thank you very much for listening. We'll be right back after this quick intermission. We're going to thank our producers, and we're going to do our second, second half of show. Damn straight, son. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Nah, I mean. Uh, time to order a pizza. <laughs> Thank you. 
the scale of the misinformation once you move past the mainstream media is so wild you almost have to laugh about it. I mean, you know, Dr. Fauci and I are just killing millions of people to make money. Uh, you know, hydroxychloroquine is this miracle cure that somehow he and I have masterminded uh, avoiding people saving their lives by taking this thing. There's no doubt that the misinformation uh, enhanced vaccine hesitancy, and that maps to hundreds of thousands of deaths. There's no doubt that the idea that, you know, we need the freedom not to wear a mask, uh, you know, and that that's some, you know, thing that you've got to show that in many cases that led to spreading the disease into uh, locations where elderly people had very high death rates. And so, you know, as we look back over the pandemic, uh, you know, having the politicians speak out that doesn't work very well because then you, you have a lack of trust. The CDC in, in our country could have been more front and center. Mm -hmm. Dr. Fauci became front and center. And you know the key message is about the vaccine is good, you should take it, and some level of mask wearing is good. I don't think he ever confused anybody about the, the primary messages that saved lives. What about masks? I think there are a lot of people in America who are confused about whether they should be wearing a mask. And in the United Kingdom, for example, they've scrapped that altogether. Well, that's interesting. You know, what is the downside of wearing a mask? I mean, it's got to be tough. You know, you have to wear pants. Uh, I mean, this is tough stuff. These societies are so cruel. Why do they make you wear pants? I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> well, we're very glad you have yours on. Um, so, uh, that will be on the web. That uh -oh. will be on the web.
Welcome back to second second half of show for episode eighty five of Behind the Schemes and Bill Gates. What a dick! That guy is such a dick. <laughs> well, Holy you know, I, uh, you know, you gotta wear pants. So can you uh, can you believe society makes us wear pants? Wow, like I know it's hard, but like, <laughs> did you hear the very last bit of that though? What she said to him. Uh, refresh me (laughs) is kind of a punchline at the very end and it's why i ended it where i did but she kind of goes sarcastically she says well thank goodness you're wearing yours which he's not (laughs) oh is it over some zoom call or some shit (laughs) it could have been in person i i don't i don't i don't know but he goes thank thank goodness you're wearing yours and he goes oh no (laughs) like like he was called out but in a way that you just know he's going to ruin her life. He's going to make it difficult for her. Never talk to her again. Something. He's just such a petty psycho. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Well, I got yeah. uh, I got some good news. The land transfer between my laptop and the Raspy Blitz was successful. So I am ready to progress on to the next step after this episode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Does that mean we're going to season two? <laughs> no, we uh we have another hundred and fifteen episodes left to go before that uh, that number will tick over. <laughs> hmm. Okay, we got to go at least a thousand, then we'll switch over. Uh, cool. Right on. Yeah. So just so everybody knows, you're listening to Behind the Schemes. It is currently February twenty first, twenty twenty two, and it's episode eighty five. It's alive. And uh, my name is Lavish. I'm here with Boo Berry. Hello, hello. And uh, it's President's Day. It is President's Day. We had a lot of uh, a lot of freaks come through for President's Day today, man. Yes, we had some President's Day freaks. Some <laughs> some fantastic producers to come in and 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 gift us with their time, their talent, or their treasure. And we're very very grateful for that. Uh, for that first off is Fletcher. He tops up our fun hole with his monthly donation of $5 and 55 cents. He says, boost me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really cool the way they got the, uh, that's uh, Satoshi dot stream bot working and the bowlers with their boost after boost bot. They're reading yep. off all of the, um, all of the boosted grams, which is really cool. Really fun very legal it's a new day the hog is compliant 
2.0 compliant. Yes. Uh, we had a new ISO donated to us uh, via Tunsa. Fuck me, Mr. Google. T- Fuck me hard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had the pleasure of making Junta's acquaintance at the at the meetup. Yes, Junta and Mousy Bear, and uh, Junta was present and live with us on episode eighty four. It was nice to host him last week, dropping some Vanderbilt uh, knowledge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Junta uh, has provided us some pretty good knowledge in the past. As a matter of fact, in the notes tonight, I have something that he gave us, which was. George Washington's Masonic apron. Mmm, classic. Yes, quite quite so. Very excited for that. Uh I you kind of put two and two together for me, but we had a new face come in as a freak of hazard, and this is Purple Peck. Yeah, Purple Peck gave us a row of ducks. Yes, yeah, at twenty-two dollars and twenty-two cents. And although we don't have the boostergrams working for today, I can still do uh, this one. Get some get some ducks up in that. Got uh, the duck. Double thought sends in uh, three dollars and thirty three cents. All right, via PayPal. Thank you, Mr. Double Thought. Derek of Double Thought Dimension Podcast coming in. Thank you, sir. See if they had a new episode drop. Uh, They had a new post. It seems to be a blog post. Uh, Where? 17th of February 2022. 17th, so within the last week or so. Yes. Get a fresh episode out. Well, it's a, a yeah, it's a, it? it's a it's a lo- it's a uh, blog it's post. A blog post. Yeah. Well, very well. Proper. You can see all that at doublethoughtdimension.com. And uh that's available also in the show notes. So you just go there and click the link. Very very easy to do. We had uh Net Ned squeezing in. I think right at the beginning of the show, I think during the intro actually. He, uh, oh yeah! Got a surprise donation in of thirty three dollars and thirty three cents. Woo! Ned, Ned, big baller, shark collar, twenty inch blades on the Impala. On the Impala. Oh yeah, that's right. Ned, he Ned. also was a guest with us last week in that uh, that live Nashville episode we did. That's right. Ned, Ned was present for episode eighty four, Fruit Earth, and he was also. A major player uh, in the uh, in the meetup uh, broadcast. Oh yeah, spent a good amount of time on there. You and him held that uh, held that stream down, man. Yeah, the three of us were were holding it down, uh, and Spencer was in the mix, but of course he was, you know, hanging out with his family, and there were a lot of families there. Yes. Basically, we were the only guys there that didn't have kids. <laughs> oh. There was, uh, there was, you know, Professor Tom was on there, and I forget the gentleman from Pittsburgh, but uh, those dudes were there with us. We had Dame Jennifer on for a hot minute. And the, um, and the gentleman from Louisville, uh, Earl Mittens. Uh, no, oh, that yes, for the uh, episode uh, 84. But also at the meetup, too. Well, he wasn't really on the broadcast at all at the meetup. He, he came on at the very end for 84. Yeah. I think. 
Yeah, it turns out he's a huge fan of OBDM. So uh, uh, myself, Chris, and uh, Sir Sir uh, Sir Mittens were having a hell of a time quoting a bunch of OBDM ISOs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our big dumb mouth for anybody who doesn't uh, know the show. Our big dumb mouth. And then uh, we also had, well, thank you, NetNed. Thank you so much, Mr. NetNed. And, and by the way, it was a great, great time that we had. And I hope you enjoyed the cigars. Um, we <laughs> we went to a cigar. Me and Booberry went to a cigar store while we were in Nashville. And I've got these cigars that I got there. And I'm really looking forward to trying them out. I uh, might light one up this weekend. Ooh, there you go. Tasty, tasty cigar. Uh, we also, I think, have one more Freak of Hazard coming in. This is true. Well, two, or I should say two. I should say two. And uh, and I mean that. Uh, Dame DeLorean and Sir Spencer, uh, they were kind enough. DeLorean was kind enough to don the uh, behind-the-scheme shirt that Booberry gave her in Nashville, the one that has Bags art on it. If you're not familiar with Bags, the supremely talented artist, you can check him out on No Agenda Social and also at his website, Redbubble and Redbubble, uh, Bags Art. I think it's a, I think he's on podcast, uh, podcastindex.social. Uh, I'm not sure if he ever made it in for the, uh, for the NA social. He has a, a Mastodon account of something, of some kind. He doesn't have an NA social instance, perhaps, but he is on there somewhere. Yeah, it's the, uh, he's got one on Mastodon art and another one on the podcastindex.social. Okay, that's what you mean. Okay. Yeah. That's what you meant. They meant a website, no mm-hmm. instance. No, the only website I'm, I'm aware of is, is uh, Instagram and the Redbubble site. Yeah, which is... And we don't do ads, so we're going to bleep out the whatever bubble company. Whatever. Screw them. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what I uh, that's what I ordered the shirt through, so... I know, and I order my shit. And, and I've actually... Truth be told, they've, they've actually been clients of mine in the past. So. Oh, shit. I wonder, you know, not that they're going to give me any work anytime soon, but um, they have a beautiful office in, in, in the city. And when I order things from them, when I order bag shit, I get it from that office. Uh, anyway, the, the pictures are beautiful, and Lorian's beautiful, and Spencer's beautiful, and the whole family's beautiful, and and uh, the shirt looks great on her, of course. No doubt. And the, uh, she's also wearing the matching heart sunglasses that she uh that she also gave me a pair comments on her on her yes. glasses because i have a, a blue pair and a yellow pair but not a red pair not a red pair but now we but have now matching, you got a red pair now i got a red pair now we got matching red pairs mm-hmm. of heart sunglasses that are uh <laughs> they get some name of a medication which turns out it's actually ivermectin <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that they're selling it's on the uh, side of the frames which is pretty fucking cool yeah yeah they're stylish they're stylish it's, and you had them on for the whole broadcast of 84 <laughs> you on inside wearing sunglasses inside good good idea good stuff very trendy <laughs> <laughs> only boobs could pull it off yeah well and <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> this tween market it ain't gonna bust into itself <laughs> that's our that's our target demographic folks 180th largest podcast in 
the United Arab Emirates. Don't forget. Um, all right. Anyway, yeah. Shall we? Shall we get into some fun President's Day stuff? Mm, do you want to do a voicemail before we do that? Sure, we can do a voicemail. Should do this first. God, I need to get into the government so I can start making the money. Let's remake the money. Everyone donated lavishly. Oh, God bless all this money. <laughs> yeah. 612-263-7999. And we finally say goodnight to this caller. I uh, I just wanted to say that um, I, I just really love the paradigm, the screen mail paradigm. And then maybe people don't understand it. And I wanted to like help other people leave screen mail because, uh, and, and like, I don't know, I guess, I don't know, I used to be shows kind of new, maybe people don't know about it, but like, it's pretty fucking easy to leave a screen net, screen, screen mail. Uh, you just kind of like you just say something that you feel really strongly about. I think. And I fucking scream about something. What? Yep. <laughs> that's uh <laughs> down to a T, caller. That's exactly how you do. It's dead on. <laughs> it's an art. It's a science. Well done. It's caller. not for the faint of heart, but it is for the. Heart of faint. I don't know. It's for everybody. You can do it. Everybody has it in them. Do it. Mm, do you want to hear in from a new caller? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. What, what do we got for a new caller? I just wanted to call and say, uh, man, it was awesome meeting both of you guys. Uh, Blueberry was very impressive. Those two setups and tear down, the teardown setup or whatever. This, I felt inspired to help him. While he was tearing, uh, setting up and tearing down, but I don't think it helped as much on the teardown. Probably at the skate, <laughs> skate rank, but uh, anyways, yeah, it was that whole everything meeting everybody was very awesome. So and uh, yeah, magical. <laughs> magical. I don't have a dream. I don't know. And I've never. I'm. I've never called with the screen before, I don't think. I don't Reject believe, it. I don't remember. Reject it. So, Fight um, the system. <laughs> Reject my dirty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, no. Don't even worry about it. Just don't even. Just fuck us. <laughs> fuck it. it. Sucks. No. D- don't do the fucking screen. <clears throat> oh. No. <laughs> nice. Holy shit. He had it in them all along. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for the kind words, uh, Net Ned. I appreciate that. And Ned was uh was there, like he said, helping helping us get set up and, and tore down and then set back up again and torn back down. It was uh it was a lot of fun doing what I used to do with all of the uh new normal folk <laughs> that I've had the pleasure of uh getting to know and work with over the past year and some change. <laughs> I'm laughing at Sir Spencer. So that looks like the hockey coach from Letter Kenny. I don't know about that, but <laughs> it is funny to think. It's fucking embarrassing. Fucking embarrassing. Uh, Ned Ned, 
What a great time. Yeah, it was awesome. You, you fucking crushed it at that thing, man. You had all the setup. And uh, it was great. It, it helps that I that I did a practice run at the house. I took everything downstairs and did and a, set it up real quick. Yeah. And timed yeah. myself. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. You prepared. Yep. That's how I knew how to where everything was and you know which cables, which bags, and what goes in what. But um, but yeah, it was a it was a good time and uh, it was a lot of fun. And I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, yep. There'll be another big one, a uh, big meetup. Uh, they've been talking about doing like a national meetup for a good while, and I think that this was an excellent test run, mm. an excellent you know. Icebreaker. Next time, I'm going to do an additional day off. Yes. The one thing we do differently is just add a day. Just because, I mean, you even more so, but me as well. I mean, for me, speaking personally, my feet never touched the ground when we were there. We didn't eat. We didn't do shit. We we only focused on getting where we needed to be, setting up, breaking down, blah, blah, blah. It was uh it was a lot of fun. But yeah, one more day. Just to go to the, the strip or something. Go yeah, and, and give everybody a day to uh you know, truly uh settle in and kick back. Yeah. Yeah, be able to dig the scene a little more. But Nashville's beautiful, especially being from the West Coast. I've never I haven't spent a lot of time in that part of the world. And just the sheer amount of like white pine and just the different scenery and flying in. And, and the more East that you go in Tennessee, it just gets more and more uh, forested and covered. And just, there's just so much fucking white pine forever. An unlimited supply. <laughs> as far <laughs> as the eye can see as you're flying, it just goes on and on and on and on. And it just gets crazier and crazier. The more East you go. Uh, it's very interesting. I always like Tennessee. Always had a good time there. Hmm. Um, but yes, what's uh, what you got? What you got for tonight? Well, it is President's Day, and uh, I figured I would just you know visit some certain things. Of course, President's Day is really shaped after Washington's birthday, uh, George Washington, and uh, he was a cool guy. I like George Washington. I think that he was a pretty cool dude. Uh, for his time, he wasn't like a crazy asshole megalomaniac jerk. He was a farmer, and he was uh, a general. And he was, uh, you know, he was called many things back in his day. They called him uh, in the Virginia Hills the Young Stallion of the Potomac. Uh, he loved to dance with the ladies. Mm-hmm. He was he was a great dancer. Uh, let me let me give a little. I might be going a little out of order, but I figure this is just this is just working this way. So, can you please play President Two? George Washington was subject to accusations of affairs throughout his life. 
In his youth, George Washington was referred to in the Virginia Tidewater as the young stallion of the Potomac. Washington, throughout his life, enjoyed the company of young ladies with whom he often lost much of his famous reserve. One of his favorite activities was dancing, and he found many partners all too happy to dance with him. It was said that he never sat out a dance. During his later youth, before he became famous throughout the United States and Europe, Washington was passionately in love with the wife of a neighbor and friend, George William Fairfax. The Fairfax's estate was Belvoir, near Mount Vernon, and Washington visited Lady Fairfax, who he addressed as Sally, as well as corresponded with her in letters where he professed his love for her. During the Revolutionary War, several attempts were made by loyalists and British intelligence to discredit Washington by writing of his affairs with servant slaves and the wives of his officers, and the existence of illegitimate children as a result. During his administration as president, especially in the second term, many of these stories were resurrected by political enemies, and some are still bandied about by revisionists today. Washington had no children of his own with his wife Martha, though he adopted hers from her previous marriage. Martha was a widow when she wed George. Other than a few letters to Sally Curtis, which survived, Washington's papers do not contain references to his sex life, either as a bachelor or as a married man, though his fondness for the company of young ladies was well documented by his contemporaries of both sexes. So, do you know that Washington was basically known, he was known as a stud back in his day, like a jock, version of a jock. And uh, he was a lieutenant back in the back when he was a young man in the, he was uh, fighting for the English against the French. And he was actually involved in a very important kind of mishap that he was really responsible for and had to cover his ass for, which helped lead to the French-Indian War. And uh, when he was a young man, <laughs> and uh, but other than that, I mean, he was really known as like a, a badass and uh, and a good looking guy. Abigail Adams, the wife of John Adams, who would be the third president of the United States, I believe he was the third president after Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lost to Jefferson second time, and he lost to Washington the first time, and he got second place and ended up being vice president to. To Washington, and it was one of the most fucking no. It was one of the most nothing positions ever conceived in government. Do you think he, he was, cried like a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he might have. He might have. John Adams was a. It was a hell of a guy. A- Abigail Adams was hilarious, and she wrote about uh, a lot of these guys to her husband and, and, and to the colleagues, and she would she would kind of. She was very eloquent about, like, uh, talking about how handsome, in particular, George Washington was, General Washington. She wrote, uh, this is July 16, 1775, she wrote to her husband, I was struck with General Washington. You had prepared me to entertain a favorable opinion of him, but I thought the one half was not told me, saying, I didn't even know the half of it. Dignity with ease complacency the gentleman and the soldier look agreeably blended in him modesty marks every line and feature of his face those lines of dryden instantly occurred to me mark his majestic fabric he's a temple sacred by birth and built by hands divine his soul's the deity that lodges there nor is the pile unworthy of the god fucking nuts nut shit really Really sexy stuff, I think. Does she mention what his favorite pizza topping is by chance? Uh, 
<laughs> Whatever didn't fuck with his wooden teeth, I would imagine. I, I, I bet he was a huge fan of olives. Let me, oh, let me just he say loved that. olives. Yeah. He liked, yeah, I think he liked, he liked, uh, he had a good, it, so he was, he married his eventual wife, Martha Washington, who was an older woman and she was a widow and she was wealthy and she actually was very integral in making him who he was. And, um, when he married her, he like went up in society and had somebody taking care of her. But I think that they really did have a very passionate, uh, relationship intimately. And when he died, she burned a lot of her letters. It's, she famously went and took a shitload of letters that they had written between each other and burned them. And uh, I was talking to somebody today, who, and I, I think this this is it, those letters are probably really fucking raunchy because there are a lot of raunchy letters between Abigail Adams and John Adams, and there's a lot of sexy stuff out there. And I feel like with her, she like she got rid of all that shit because. Maybe she understood <clears throat> like how important he was, or you know what he meant mm-hmm. in the face of this experiment, you know that we all are now a part of. I don't know, but uh, the guy was a stud, and and they definitely had a a, a relationship like that. And whether he had affairs and things like that, it's really hard to tell because it was a very long time ago. But a lot of presidents have had very, very funky little uh, things go on. And I found some sources, this British guy being one, and then another person, I, I got it in the notes, uh, wrote a book called, uh, you know, Those Who Have Sex with Presidents or something. Uh, I'm, already, I'm already forgetting the exact, I'm paraphrasing everything, but it's all in the notes. Oh, happy Adams, I like it. Um... Could you please play Presidents 1? The Founding Fathers often appear across the sea of time as rigid, stern, and unemotional men prone to piety in thought and deed. They gaze like cold marble statues and aging portraits, upright and correct in manners and morals. Time and legend, it's dehumanized them. In fact, though, they were, for the most part, passionate men of fiery tempers, as befits a rebel against legitimate and long-standing authority. Their passions were not limited to venting their anger against King George and taxes, or debating the issue of slavery in a new and novel form of government. For many, their barely-contained passions led to extramarital affairs, illegitimate children, scandals whispered about in the nation's parliament, and parade it in the nation's newspapers. For some, they led to appointments on the so-called field of honor facing an offended or offending party with pistols in a gray dawn. Sex was influential in the formation of government evidenced by the many letters written by Abigail Adams to her husband John as well as to many of his colleagues. And for some of the founders, the pursuit of sexual pleasure led to their being objects of derision among their peers. I, you know, I like this, uh, this channel. Uh, it's Biographics. Mm-hmm. Most pulled them before too, specifically about the red carpet, I believe. Okay, Greek tradition. I, I can see it. that. Yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, uh, republics. I'm sorry, not republics. Uh, biographics, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the dude's name, but it's escaping me at the moment. I'll find it in a second. I found the name of this other person who I'm going to bring up. Her name is Eleanor Herman, and she's the author of the New York Times best-selling. Sex with Kings and the Royal Art of Poison. And she wrote a book called Sex with Presidents. Uh, I'm not sure if this next one is, it might be this British guy, but uh, could you please play Presidents 3? 
Grover, Grover Cleveland. Cleveland. Yep. Grover Cleveland married a woman he had practically raised and fathered an illegitimate child, allegedly through rape. When you think of U.S. presidential sex scandals, Grover Cleveland may not be the first name that comes to mind. Nonetheless, his questionable relationships with women suggest he may have been the country's most perverted president. Cleveland sex scandal, which emerged in 1884 but took place 10 years prior, involved accusations that he had fathered an illegitimate child with Maria Halpin. And it gets worse here because according to the affidavit she signed, Halpin had been hounded by Cleveland, who was single at the time, until she agreed to go to dinner with him. Afterward, Halpin claimed the future president walked her home and violently raped her, threatening to ruin her if she told anyone. Unfortunately, Halpin's ordeal was far from over. Weeks later, she learned she was pregnant and sought Cleveland's help. Rather than helping her, Cleveland arranged for the baby, a son, to be taken away from her. He arranged for it to be adopted after it was born and for Halpin to be committed to a mental asylum. When the news of Cleveland's involvement in the incident emerged in the press, he launched a smear campaign, admitting the two had been involved, consensually in his account, and suggesting that he hadn't been involved in the life of his son because of doubts about his fatherhood. But, but Trump. <laughs> but Trump was way worse, though. <laughs> God. You never even hear of Grover Cleveland. Uh. So, <clears throat> to break that down, he did two things that are particularly nasty. One, he before he was president, he fathered a kid out of wedlock, left the kid and mother for destitution, and then uh, later in life, he... Dropped her off in a mental institution. Dropped her off in a mental institution, had her committed... Uh, which back then was a big deal. You, you get lobotomized and all that. Ugh. And then he groomed a girl from birth. And uh, when he was eight, when she was eight years old, he was like, "Yep, I'm going to marry you one day when you grow up." Twenty <laughs> second and twenty fourth president, everybody. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Grover Cleveland. Also, uh, uh, Blue Dish should point out that it was uh, John Adams who was the second president and then uh jefferson was the third john adams was the second jefferson was the third thank you for the correction <laughs> john adams definitely won silver <laughs> oh john adams is the embodiment of silver <clears throat> i think he, he died on the same day as thomas jefferson and his last words were allegedly thomas jefferson lives <laughs> which was not true for much longer. What a strange little group of fellows. <laughs> yeah. Very bizarre. Okay. One time I watched a, a president like last words, and they went through all of the president's last words and the early ones are very majestic. And then as it gets later on, it's like, Oh God, please help water water. Oh no, stop, please. Good Lord. <laughs> Yeah, you know, gets maybe a little more accurate as time goes on. Who knows? Mm. Maybe they were built of different stuff back then. But uh, if you didn't uh, get it, I'm kind of going through president's sort of like scandals um, and just kind of going over the, as the guy said, they dehumanize these guys. They They make them seem like marble statues, but they were people and... The truth is, is a lot of men who go for power, they're power-hungry men, they like sex a lot. And it's really funny to find out what kind of 
shit they did. What mm-hmm. kind of shit they were into? Like, uh, well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything because I don't want to potentially spoil something. Well, there's the, the famous ones, right? You've got you know JFK. He's the most famous philanderer in the presidential world. That's not you even my Clinton. favorite JFK, though. Oh no my my favorite JFK uh, scandal is the fact that he was hooked on speed. Oh yeah, and and painkillers, yeah, yeah, just loaded with drugs all the time. It's it makes it even more impressive that he was the president, and especially at a crazy time like that, where you've you've got war potentially with Cuba, you're trying to get to the moon, you've got the Cold War going on. And this guy was doing it all while having sex with three different women every day. And he was on speed and painkillers. And he was fighting the mob. Crazy. And certain clandestine intelligence agencies. Certain agencies and certain factions out there. Yes, certainly. Um, but we continue on. We will get to JFK in a little bit. Obviously, he has to be mentioned. But first, we'll go through some of the lesser-known boys. Grover Cleveland, who was uh, he was in there. He was he was he was an early boy. We got uh, James Buchanan, who uh, it turns out that Obama is not the only gay president that we have had. We've had other gay presidents. Please play President Five. Few people know that we had a gay president, James Buchanan, who was the president right before Abraham Lincoln. Buchanan had a 13-year affair with a man, William Rufus King, who was vice president in 1853 and died in office. Neither of them ever married, which was quite unusual in political circles. Indeed, James Buchanan is the only U.S. president who never married. In Washington, they were known as Mr. and Mrs. Buchanan or Miss Nancy and Aunt Fancy, terms at the time used to denote gay men. When King served as ambassador to France in 1844, Buchanan wrote a friend, I am so solitary and alone, having no companion with me. I have gone wooing to several gentlemen, but not have succeeded with any of them. The story, by the way, never made it into the press. What, did they find out through letters? Uh, I mean, they just, they were together all the time. They li- they lived together and basically, and, and he never married. I mean, literally a lifelong bachelor president, unprecedented before or since never been done. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all speculation. And this guy, William King, he was, uh, the 13th vice president of the United States. Buchanan was the 15th president. So they were running in kind of similar circles. But King was, uh, in a sense, uh, an equal or an elder or something, statesman in the, in the way. But they, yeah, everybody had their, their names for them. It was a pretty well-known thing. Oh, that was kind of interesting. You never hear about that. James Buchanan, the president before Lincoln. We had a crazy time. Uh, also, uh, I bet, Quincy I bet he liked, a, I bet he liked olives on his pizza. <laughs> that guy didn't <laughs> like pizza. He liked hot dogs. <laughs> he liked hot dogs. Um, he liked plain hot dogs, as they say. 
Blue Dew says that John Quincy Adams was gay. Uh, I got to look into that. John <laughs> Quincy Adams. It's kind of hard to detect uh, <laughs> how gay something can be when Blue Douche calls it out as uh, as gay. <laughs> uh, it's up there. It's in the big. It's in an Olympic sized gay pool. Uh, we have uh, <laughs> we have Buchanan there, lifelong bachelor president, and then we have. Another impressive philanderer, uh, the sweetheart of the liberals, the great elder statesman, the great reformer, Mr. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Mr. It Still Works. Uh, He still, even though he was confined to a wheelchair, even though he had a serious neurological disease, he was was with a lot of people, including his, his cousin. Go with his cousin. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm on the edge of my seat for this one. <laughs> I don't have any clips. Of, I mean, I have a clip of this, but I just want to mention something before we get into the FDR clips. He, uh, there's a movie that was made with, oh, I think it was Bill Murray. Bill Murray, FDR movie. Hyde Park on Hudson. A 2012 British historical comedy drama film that has Bill Murray uh, seducing his cousin. And that's what the movie's about. And he plays, obviously, FDR. And, uh, and, and, and they're at their estate on the Hudson. He was, he was a freaky deaky dude. Uh, let's play President Six, please. In 1905, 23-year-old Franklin Roosevelt married a distant cousin, 21-year-old Eleanor Roosevelt, against his mother's wishes. He loved Eleanor for her seriousness, her kindness, and intelligence, while all the other debutantes he found flighty and flirtatious. Alas, the bride and groom were ill-suited. Franklin loved sex and feminine, soothing women with a great sense of humor. Eleanor hated sex had almost no sense of humor, hectored him constantly, and seemed to grow less feminine as time wore on. In 1916, Franklin began an affair with Eleanor's social secretary, Lucy Mercer. Lucy was everything Franklin wanted in a woman, smiling, soothing, laughing, and very feminine. When Eleanor found out about the affair in 1918, she demanded a a divorce, and Franklin eagerly agreed. He wanted to marry Lucy, the love of his life. But his mother, who held the purse strings and paid all of Franklin's bills, announced she would cut him off without a dime. It would be a social disgrace. So Franklin and Eleanor stayed together, but never more as man and wife. Lucy married an extremely wealthy man, but never gave up Franklin entirely. Behind Eleanor's back, the two continued to see each other and never fell out of love. In fact, Lucy was with Franklin that day in April 1945 when he had his fatal stroke. Wow. Yeah, what do you think about that? Torn between two lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling like a fool. <sighs> He's a player. Yeah. <laughs> More like FD player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Fucking Dex, right? FDR, sorry. I and, and it's his mom that's going to cut him off. Like, listen, if you don't get your 
shit straight. Oh, I know. <laughs> Total mama's situation. You see this a lot with uh, great men from Al- Alexander the Great on. They all had <laughs> moms, dude, that were just fucking not cool. Not cool moms. Mom, I want to divorce this person. She's into women. She doesn't like men. Fuck you. <laughs> you can't do it. You owe a fucking debt to your family and to the world and blah, blah, blah. And you're being groomed to be president because that's how it fucking works. Because that's how it fucking works. By the way, I want to take this opportunity on President's Day uh, to let everybody know that that's how it works. Uh, if you want to be president... <laughs> person that I would recommend is to listen to Lavish on the Behind the Schemes podcast. <laughs> oh, man. And it's only gotten fucking worse. Only gotten worse. Especially since JFK. Holy fucking shit. But you don't think JFK wasn't groomed for the job, too? He was groomed for the job, and then he fucking turncoated the last second, and everybody put him away for it. Red that guy Johnny rode the Red. wave all the yeah. way. That guy oh, would yeah. not have been president without the Mafia. But anyway, we uh, anyway we're we're talking about presidents, right? Uh, I do have a quick uh, ISO that I just happened to pull in honor of all of the uh, the women behind the presidents. Grandma, are you going? To, oh shit! Are you going to take over the government again? <laughs> uh, did you know that you can see Eleanor Roosevelt? Uh, she was on TV. Uh, uh, no, I don't think woman. so. I don't think so. Oh, I should I should put that in the show notes later. She was on What's My Line. Do you know the show What's My Line? Uh, I mean, the only one that's coming to mind is the uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? No, this is an old show. This is from like the 30s. Yeah. Uh, not the 30s. I'm sorry. It's from the 50s. It's from the 50s, I think. What's my line? Now I got it. Now I actually have to look it up so I don't fucking misinform people. 1953, it, October 18th. 53. What's my line was a fantastic guessing game where people would guess, would ask a series of questions to find out what their profession was. So they would bring on a plumber and they wouldn't tell the the people that he was a plumber. And they would ask him questions and find out if he was a plumber. And they'd have to be yes or no questions. And that was the game show. But they used to have some really, really famous people on the show. By the way, Dorothy Kilgallen uh, is an interesting connection here because she was a journalist and a very, very famous um, media personality. And she was very vocal about the JFK assassination and there are a lot of conspiracies that she got taken out because she was looking into it too much. Um, she she was very, very vocal about, about the Kennedy assassination. But before that, she was on the show, What's My Line? And you can see Eleanor Roosevelt, she comes on What's My Line? And she's so famous that they have to blindfold the contestants to ask her questions. Um, they, or they have to blindfold themselves to ask her questions. Anyway... Please play Presidents 7. Eleanor Roosevelt, too, was not without consolation. 
Just about the time that she became first lady in 1933, she began an affair with a journalist named Lorena Hickok, known as Hick, a star reporter for the Associated Press. The affair ended after a couple of years. Eleanor became an international star, working for civil rights, women's rights, and helping the underprivileged, and she didn't have time for Hick anymore. Though Eleanor took care of Hick, who later suffered from diabetes and went blind, until her dying day. Yeah. So we all know, very well known, Eleanor uh, was uh, into women. That was one of her lovers. She had a number of them. Um, yeah, Hillary Clinton was not the first first lady to, to do that. So, sitting in a basement, <laughs> P I Z Z A. Well, I was gonna say A B D E E E N, A B A D E E N. Oh, Abedin, I like it, it actually works. Um, <laughs> P-I-Z-Z-A. Eleanor Roosevelt. The Roosevelt family is fascinating. Um, You have Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, who I did not pull anything on because he was just, he's just so badass. You just know he's just doing stuff. I'm pulling stuff on kind of other people. Like, for example, President 8. In 1942, General Dwight Eisenhower was working in London on an invasion of Nazi-occupied Europe. And in England, all of the street signs had been taken down so that if the Germans landed, they would be totally confused as to where to go. So the top uh, American military brass had to use local English drivers who knew every street in London by heart and for miles around. Eisenhower, as luck would have it, was assigned a beautiful, vibrant 33-year-old driver named Kay Summersby. And while waiting to drive him around, she started helping in his office and soon became his top aide. They often spent 16 hours a day, seven days a week, working and relaxing uh, together with some other aides. And when her fiancé stepped on a landmine in North Africa, Eisenhower and Kay realized that they had been in love for a long time. He talked to her about leaving his wife, Mamie, shown here, and marrying Kay, and about having a child with her. But on the two occasions they tried to have sex, according to Kay, he couldn't do it. Soon after the second time, after the war had been won, he was sent back to Washington and called his entire staff to join him at the Pentagon, except for Kay. And it broke her heart. The man who faced down Hitler didn't have the courage to tell Kay face-to-face that it was over. As she wrote her autobiography in the 1970s while she was dying of cancer, she made it clear that she never stopped loving him. Damn, he cold-cocked her. Yeah. Poor Ike. He kind of comes off as a uh, an awkward military guy. Just didn't know what to do. You know. This, this is a guy that was only going to get with somebody who he worked with <laughs> because this yeah. guy just like spent his whole life working, being a psycho military guy. <laughs> a life in the military. I just found a pretty good photo of him headshot. Drop that one in the chat. Ooh, let me see that. Let me let me peep that. 
Uh, oh gosh, look at this guy. Like, yes, he he was a, as the as Blue Dude says in the chat, he was a poor general. He was an administrator. Basically, he was a he was a gifted paper uh, pusher. Quartermaster, perhaps. Mm. Is that fair to say that he was a he was a great quartermaster, and um, he was able to just handle all of the logistics that were required. I don't know. That's my take on it. You know, Patton. Now there was a <laughs> there was a general. Uh, anyway. We are uh, moving on here. Uh, I just like Eisenhower. Eisenhower, of course, is very, very famous in the conspiracy world for his coining the term military-industrial complex. And uh, in general, his farewell speech when he was leaving the presidency. I mean, talk about a guy who had just been there for it all. Very, very interesting personality we'll like. Uh, and now we get finally to the creme de la creme of the sex scandals, the most famous of all. Uh, could you please play President Nine? JSK and Jackie were the most attractive first couple ever. The American public, though, had no idea what a sham their marriage was. Jack Kennedy was a pathological philanderer at a big party on their Mexican honeymoon. He disappeared with a woman leaving his wife to sit there in utter humiliation. When Jackie gave birth to a stillborn daughter, he and his brother Teddy were sailing the Mediterranean with three Swedish blondes, and he didn't want to come back to visit his wife in the hospital. What can I do about it, he said. Jackie wanted to leave him before they had children, but her father-in-law bribed her to stay in the marriage, afraid that a divorced man could never become president. And after she had her daughter Caroline, she probably realized she was stuck with him. It is possible that Kennedy had an antibiotic-resistant strain of chlamydia, which he gave Jackie, which would explain why out of five pregnancies, she had only two living children. Living with such a shameless philanderer, she grew depressed and started using prescription drugs to deaden the pain. Before she became First Lady, she had had an affair with Hollywood actor William Holden, and in the months before her husband's assassination, she had another one with Aristotle Anassis, whom she later married. Jack Kennedy had sex often several times a day with all kinds of women, socialites, his White House employees, actresses, and prostitutes. He liked to have sex with these women in his wife's bed. The, uh, the president had his own bedroom. The first lady has hers in the White House. Uh, when Jackie was out of the White House, which was often because she just really couldn't stand being there that much, he made the Secret Service and household staff pick hairs and bobby pins off her sheets instead of changing them after he had had sex with some woman on them. One night, Jackie found a pair of women's panties under her pillow, dangled them from her finger, and told him to find the owner as they were not her size. He often had orgies in the White House swimming pool, which is still under the press briefing room you see on television today. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we call a supreme pizza. this guy was the pizza factory (laughs) it never ended with that guy it was so funny his reputation is so funny three women a day and the people he got with I mean obviously he got with Monroe but he also got with Jane Mansfield he got with um, 
He got with all kinds of people. Oh, my God. What a guy, huh? <clears throat> Different time. Could you imagine Obama having that much sex with people? <laughs> I actually can. I actually can. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, hold on. I gotta, I gotta, I'm posting some stuff in the chat here. So we're getting, obviously, into modernity, and we're going to talk about uh, some of the more our more recent presidents. Uh, to talk about Trump would be redundant. Um, people have covered every single thing that that guy's ever done, ever. So it's pointless to go over his shit. But <clears throat> we can go over uh, Obama. We can go over Biden, our last two presidents, other than Trump. Uh, and Biden, especially since he's VP. Or he was VP under Obama. Still Obama, technically questionable. <laughs> He, he may have been, and you know the the thing about being VP is it's not a, as we mentioned with the John Adams situation, being vice president isn't the most active role in government. It's really just a sideline sitting role. You break ties in certain events, and you know you have the president's ear, but other than that, you really don't have any administrative power, um, any executive power. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's pretty well known that uh, Barack Obama, at least in certain circles, it's pretty well known that he has uh, he's had a history of homosexual relationships. Um, there have been people that he grew up with in Hawaii who will testify that uh, as he grew up, he had relationships with um, older men. And that uh, when he was involving himself in politics, this was kind of something that was part of it, something that he'd do. There's an even crazier and deeper, but also pretty fucking, I don't know, interesting, substantiated, strange theory that, uh, you know, Michelle Obama, first lady under Obama, is actually a man. <laughs> Rest in peace, Joan Rivers. Yeah. Uh <laughs> There's some funny pictures I have, and there's all these gifts of stuff of like her hiding a bulge and all this shit, and that's all out there. There's plenty of that to find out there <laughs> if you're looking for that Michelle Obama bulge gif, chif. Look it up, you'll find it. Um, so there's there's that whole thing, and uh, you know there's a little nickname. Have you heard uh, Obama's nickname? What they called him back in Chicago? Mm-mm. I don't think I know this. You know, well, you know his his name really is, uh, and this is according to Mo Facts, of course, from uh, episode forty four of Mo Oh, Facts. Big Bank Barry. Well, there's Big Bank Barry. Barry is 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 really what he's known as is Barry, and and Sotero is is really his his actual adopted last name, based on his adopted stepfather, who was a major oil executive. And uh, is part of the connection that he has with the Bushes and with the oil money people. Um, I mean, he was he was groomed for just like I said, all presidents are groomed for the role, and Obama was no different. He was put in the position, and he and he was he had a lot of oil money coming his way back in the day. He was raised with it, but people knew him as Barry in Chicago. He was known as Bathhouse Barry. <laughs> oh, is, uh, yes. 
Legend has Allegedly. it. Yeah. Um, Chicago has some, you know, some bathhouses. And uh, it's just, it just comes up again and again. Uh, people who grew up with him, we talk about it. Yeah, just there's that guy it. that came out and testified that uh, he got into the back of a limo and smoked crack with uh, <laughs> yeah, with Barry, and then they went back for sexual favors at a hotel or a, uh, an apartment or something. Uh huh. He's a. I don't know if people know this about Obama, but he is a, a heavy smoker. A uh, cigarette smoker, just just at a basic level, we could acknowledge that. That's not a conspiracy of any kind. The guy smokes like a chimney, but you would never know because he, there's no like media coverage of that. You you know, there's a couple of pictures of him smoking, but there aren't many. And if you didn't really pay attention, you'd never know that he's actually a really heavy smoker. But all the people that grew up with him, and I'm thinking of a certain, I'm just thinking of a number of interviews. It was a really great interview that, of all places, was on uh, Jeff Rents. <laughs> you, you know what Jeff Rents? Oh, Jeff Rents is a classic, classic fucking schizo conspiracy guy uh, who's been around forever and ever and ever. And he had this one lady on from Hawaii who was who grew up with Obama, and she would tell him this story about how he'd smoke uh, cocaine cigarettes. <laughs> Just roll straight doobies of straight coke, and smoke. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I I seem to recall a story uh, between Steve-O and Mike Tyson doing that, emptying out cigarette tubes and filling it with filling it with fucking <laughs> cocaine, and smoking it. Yeah. Apparently, Obama was really into that. Barry Sotero was was really into that, and uh, and getting with older dudes. And there's pictures of him hanging out with this guy who, you know, looks a lot like Michelle Obama. <laughs> hanging out with this dude. Well, those are pics you can all find. We've got those in the archives. Oh, Ducky's um, got an interesting piece of tidbit. Uh, interesting tidbit. Those are called coolies. What are, what are called coolies? Cocaine doobies. Coolies. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Coolies. Man, I just got another image with the uh, George Washington monument there. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just a big coke tube. Big yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mix me with coke and smoke that. That's a coolie. So weed and coke is a coolie. But what about tobacco and coke? Because I think that that's really what he was doing. Just tobacco and coke or just straight coke? It's just nuts. But these are just all rumors and hearsay, of course. But there's a lot of people that kind of bring this shit up. Um, and then there's fucking Biden, which... <laughs> do we even really need to, like... I'll post a picture right now uh, in the chat. It's not, I'll put it in the show notes later. Here, I'll, This is what I think of Biden. I'm just going to post a picture of him. He's at some function and he's just like twisting some chick's tits <laughs> on camera in front of people at some fucking Christmas function. Big old smile on his face like a jackass. 
<laughs> He's just fucking so going straight for this lady's nipples. This poor woman, dressed to the nines, wearing this beautiful jewelry, and she's just like, oh, my God, and she's playing along, ha-ha, laughing, and he's just like, yeah, he's just going straight for those fucking things. Submarine. He's torpedoing her. Biden likes big old pieces of pepperoni on his pizza. Oh, he loves pepperoni. (laughs) Lives for pepperoni. God. I, I gained a whole new level of appreciation for President Biden uh, this past week. Oh? When he came out and told that story about the dead dog, I don't think I've heard if like of anything more baller than that. <laughs> to show up, pick up the dead dog, and put it on somebody's front porch. It was more Trump... It was more of a Trump thing than even Trump would say, somehow. Yeah, Trump's Trump with that one. The only way that story could have been any better is if he fucked that dog on that lady's porch. <laughs> Go the Humane Society. <laughs> Peter's going to have a big problem with this one. <laughs> Everybody was like, I love that. Reelect him. He's a politician who... Who has balls? He has balls. Dog he said meat a funny pizza. <laughs> Dog meat pizza. <laughs> He's yeah, yeah. You're like Biden. What do you want in your pizza? He's like, dog. <laughs> like, what? Oh, oh. Still fuck it up. I got it. Have it delivered. Get a new Biden ISO. It's not very good though. I'm gonna work like the devil. Sounds like shit. Ugh. Yeah. Sounds sounds like the devil. He he did something funny. I'll close on this. He he. This week he there was this report or something. This two thousand four thousand page report, written by the military, saying that things could have gone a lot better in Afga- in the Afghanistan pullout, which just happened. Uh, the the Kabul, um evacuation which happened between the mid and end of August 2021 uh do you remember this when this happened mhm yeah this wasn't too long ago but uh, we pulled out of afghanistan and all hell broke loose and there was basically a 3 week frenzy where they tried to pull as many people out as they could and they ended up pulling out all in all about 120,000 people over the course of three weeks. And um, they said that uh, the army basically came out and said that they didn't listen, that the administration had no sense of what was going on on the ground, uh, and that um, they, they had anticipated that they would only have to extract 6,000 people. <laughs> I have a have exclusive audio of uh Biden here counting out these numbers. Six 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 six. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Never mind, that's like six million. That's yeah, that's that, a, was, that was a that was a bad joke on my end. Oh boobs. I know. I'm sorry. I 
I like hearing the sixes. I like hearing about Satan. So they only thought it was 6,000 people? No, they only thought they were going to have to pull out 6,000 people. And it ended up being this giant fucking nutso thing. But leading up to it, they were trying to communicate this to the administration. They knew that they were going to pull out. They knew that that, that this was coming. And so they sent them all this information. We need these resources. Nobody cared. Nobody took them seriously. They ignored them just as badly as anybody that claims that the Trump administration was inept. Well, these guys were completely inept in this situation. And what makes it worse is that once this was underway, uh, they started calling in favors. There's reports that Jill Biden, they all the way to the Pope over in the fucking Vatican, were making phone calls and making sure that the right people were getting out. They they had people cut the line and uh, and provide special transportation for and like I don't know who the fuck the Pope and Jill Biden and, and these people care about so much over there that they're giving them this kind of special preference. But phone calls were made and uh, the situation on the ground was described as being like Lord of the Flies for three weeks. All these people showed up. All these people crowded around. And tried to get on these planes. And you saw the video. There was a video of people that literally were grabbing on to the fucking like landing gear as it was taking off from the runway. And and like grabbing on to parts of the plane and, and going up with the plane and then falling off. It was a it was a nightmare situation. It was one of the most horrific things <laughs> that it could have possibly happened within that motherfucker's first year. Um, just then the whole administration, he's not just him who's to blame. Everybody is to blame the whole administration. Um, and, uh, and there was even a, a, a suicide bombing, this massive suicide bombing where they keep focusing on, you know, they say 13, uh, 13 Marines were killed or 13, you know, people who were in the forces were killed and they focus on these 13 people. But they were just the, the Americans that they're talking about. You know how many fucking people died in this explosion? Fucking almost 200 people died. And they're only talking about these 13 people. This guy had a 25-pound shrapnel suicide bomb. He goes in. He killed 200 people. uh, And nobody talks about it. The whole thing was just a complete fucking nightmare. A complete clusterfuck and then they had that uh that that's um was that long range blade missile or something right where it would shoot out a bunch of uh uh b- blades i guess and they ended yeah. up targeting a dude that they thought was strapping explosives to the back of his vehicle but it was just canisters of water they ended up blowing <laughs> the fuck out of him yeah they just fucking murdered some poor bastard for no reason it's just the whole thing is just complete chaos and all they're touting it is a great success oh what a great success you know a real you know fucking pride of the the administration and it's just insane how much (laughs) scrutiny they gave this last guy that we had and something like this happens and you don't hear a fucking peep about it these people are evil 
Um, I'm so glad that we have this platform and other people have the platform to even bring this shit up because otherwise, no, we'd bring it up. <laughs> Is this my no con? I guess. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, happy President's Day, everybody. <laughs> that was a that was a very thoughtful President's Day presentation. Well, thank you very much. Uh, let me just make sure I don't have any more clips floating around for President's Day. Uh, there was I one that was we skipped it. that was Grover Cleveland too. Yeah, we already did Grover Cleveland. Okay. Grover Cleveland was a was a pig. Uh, <laughs> and that's all you gotta know. Oh man, how about uh, how about some voicemails then? Scream mails. Yeah, let's do it. Oh yeah. Also, I want to thank Lavish for that awesome reading that night. Oh yeah. Worked out a lot sooner than I thought. So nice. Much love. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes they do that. Hell yeah. Uh, we got another caller coming in tonight. Pizza! is gross! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. Gross. Gross. Olives equals giving oral. Cheese equals kissing. I'm so glad that this is evolving into this spectacle pizza <laughs> thing. <laughs> we have a uh, we have a follow up from if I'm not mistaken, isn't that Doctor or excuse me, Special Agent Doctor Sir Mike Crotch? Oh, Special Agent Doctor Anna Sir. Yes, uh, here's his follow up. Hey, <laughs> hello, hey, hello. Yeah, hello. I just hello. wanted to say. Uh, uh, non-medical, uh, non-medical advice, health tip, because this is a fucking podcast you're listening to on the internet, but, uh, non-medical advice, health tip, do not, well, it might be healthy, who knows, but it tastes horrible, do not eat your firm brown Celery. When your celery starts to brown and you begin to you eat it, it still has the crispness or the sharp if it's not gone limp because hell who the hell wants a limp celery stalk? I don't know anyone that likes a limp stalk. Anyway, but if you get a brown limp or brown firm stalk and you eat it it tastes sharp, green. That's a crazy kind of feel because not many people uh, have accepted or enjoyed that. But it actually has a sharp, green taste to it. <laughs> Jesus you Christ, there's some shit going it, on You here. know what the fuck I'm talking about. You're like, oh, mm. green, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this one's brown. And you bite it, and you're like, oh, my God, am I eating bleach? (laughs) But no, it's not bleach. It's a sharp green, kind of like one of the weirdest fucking things you'll ever taste, and you'll just regret it, and you won't do it again. Adios. 
Martha of I mean uh Screamer Yeah <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and clip that because this is a fucking podcast you're listening to on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking podcast you're listening to. Did you catch the code, everybody? He definitely know what he likes on his pizza. He <laughs> likes sharp, green, brown, <laughs> firm celery, if you know what I mean. hey yo. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right to your congressman. Uh, I, I never uh, <laughs> write to your congressman. <laughs> I never like the celery. <laughs> Dear congressman, I never liked your brown celery. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, that was our last caller for tonight. Uh, thank you, callers. What a, what a grand slew of callers uh, that came in tonight. Great screams. Really. Mm. Really top shelf screams all around. Agreed, agreed. Uh, one of these points, I still want to get that symphony of screams thrown together, super cut everything that we got so far. Oh, it's growing. Every show, it grows a little bigger. If you know what I mean. Hey yo. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, surf's up, bro. We do the show every Monday night, 7.30 Pacific, 9.30 Central, and 10.30 Eastern. Yeah, that's right. We're value for value, which means uh, we can say whatever the fuck we want. It's February 2021st, 2022, 2022. It is the 2-22-2022 t- now. Congratulations. 2-21-2022. We made it. Yeah. We did it. Hell yeah. Hell uh, yeah. Find us over at badradio.live or behindtheschemes.com, S-C-H-3-M-3-S. And until next Monday, I will be Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And until next week and the time in between, I shall still be lavish. not a conspiracy theory if it's true. Oh, wow. I no longer need those devil pills. Grandma, are you going to... Oh, shit. Are you going to take over the government again? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Science? What happened to the science? Science has changed, everybody. Yeah, it's beautiful. You just want to slap her in the face. It's an art. It's a science. Groovy. Olives equals giving oral. Cheese equals kissing. When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro.